Welcome to the Relentless Podcast with your co-hosts, Kevin and Melissa, where we discuss all things Christian living in a crazy culture. Hey everybody, Pastor Kevin here. Thank you for joining uh, me and Melissa. Today we have our amazing senior pastor, our great, a great friend of mine and leader, John Hammer, on the phone with us. Everyone say hi. Ooh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. Perfect. So, uh, and, and many of you that maybe listen in, you already may be familiar with Pastor John Hammer. If you aren't, um, he's an incredible leader. He, he leads, he is the senior pastor of Sunrise Christian Center in Everett, Washington. Uh, my boss and my mentor and friend um, as well. And, and he has some phenomenal spoken word out there uh, if you look him up. But also, uh, he has his own podcast for Sunrise uh, coming out here really soon. And today we're having him on to really go over some of his passion, really one of the one of his passion projects, which is the topic of prayer. Uh, really, I mean, prayer prayers where it rises and falls. <laughs> and if you're if you're not a man of prayer, like, you know, it, you better watch out. But and so he shared an amazing message on Sunday, actually, about revival prayer. And uh, I heard a lot of really good feedback from a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people were sharing it, saying that it was some of the most uh, inspiring messages on prayer they ever heard. And so um, I'm excited to see how Pastor John can go a little bit deeper with us uh, for how maybe a young person, you know, maybe in school could really understand this concept of revival prayer. But before we get into that, Pastor John, why don't you uh, just say hi, tell everyone yeah. a little bit about you and, and, uh, and, and tell us some of what's coming up with you. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on, Pastor Kevin and Melissa. It's mm. great to be with you guys. Love our relentless youth. Grace and I, um, of course, have two two uh, wonderful children. Two of our daughters are in relentless youth ministry, and you guys do a great job with them. And we're so honored that you work with the youth of our church, um, and our, our youth are amazing. And so I just, uh, I was a youth pastor for quite a few years. I don't know if it was 10 years or so or close to it and did young adults. And I always will have a soft spot for young people. Uh, and I really am really praying that at sunrise that, uh, through relentless youth, through our young adults, that God raises up a movement of young people that are creative, that are on fire for God, that have a voice in their generation, uh, that will help us take uh, sunrise to a whole nother level of influence in our city and our community in the greater Seattle area that we plant churches that young people would do incredible things um, through making disciples through praying through prophesying through witnessing to strangers through and then also through their life through becoming doctors becoming people mm -hmm. of political influence becoming people that will help the poor that will help the, those that are trapped in human trafficking that people that will uh, you know, write stories, write music that the church would sing, that the world would sing. And so I love young people and a lot of Jesus is, you know, a lot of scholars believe that Jesus's disciples were potentially teenagers, like the bulk mm -hmm. of them, uh, or maybe their early twenties. Some of the prophets started their prophetic ministries in their teens or early twenties. A lot of scholars believe so young people can do incredible things. So um, I, you're, I think I, a lot of people have said this before, but I don't look at youth as the church of tomorrow. I look at them as the church of today. Yeah. You're a part of the church. Like I'm a part of the church. And so I want to work, not, I don't want you to work for me as a senior pastor. I want you to work with me and I want to work with you young, you youth, you teenagers. I want to be there, uh, championing you and, and, uh, 
supporting you. So anything you can do to support us with your cool youthfulness with TikTok, <laughs> Instagram, like come into our services, take little pictures, share, you know, like help us uh, help relentless youth. Of course, we want to see the youth ministry continue to grow and have more influence in the region. But we'd like to we I'd like your help with the whole church, mm-hmm. with the whole city. Um, you can do a lot of great things for God and impact people older than you as well. So um, anyway, that's my little rant, my little sermonette. <laughs> but I also am starting a podcast uh, this week. We're we're going to publish it, and I think it'll it could take a few days for it to get out everywhere. But it's called The John Hammer Show. And uh, I'm really excited. I'll be sharing like some short episodes called 10 Minutes, 10 Things that I'm going to share on theology, culture, and leadership, where I have dialogue with people about pop culture, theology, like the different things that are coming up that people are talking about, worried about, whatnot. And then I'm going to have an episode called a, uh, a, um, a series of episodes called Dear Young Man, where I write a letter kind of like Paul wrote to Timothy. I'm going to write a, a short, shorter version though. Before each episode, I'll read, I'm going to read a little letter about a specific topic about manhood. And then I'm going to interview somebody around that topic um, wow. of what it means to be awesome. a, a, a follower of Jesus as a young man and, how to grow uh, from childhood to manhood um, <laughs> kind of thing. So uh, yeah, that'll be on, on anchor and then that'll be syndicated to Apple podcasts and Spotify and Google podcasts and a bunch of different um, platforms. So I'll be sharing it everywhere uh, when it's, when it's out. That's phenomenal. No, I'm, I'm really honestly excited to, to, to hear it and to see it, uh, you know, and I'm just honestly grateful uh, even amidst this, unique circumstances that we find ourselves in uh, just really, I see a lot of vision and I see a lot of fulfillment and, and coming to fulfillment of dreams and visions that have been uh, that just kind of like this, this, this pullback, this shutdown, so to speak, helped launch us in some areas of releasing the word of God in, in, in a new level. And, uh, you know, I, so in a lot of ways I'm, th- I'm thankful, uh, even though obviously I'm not thankful for the, for the virus, like that's not what I'm saying, but right. As God's word said, you know, he can make uh, all things for the good of those who love Christ Jesus, you know, and I see good yeah. in this. So, yeah, totally. I just was on, uh, I had shared on, you know, my socials uh, that I was starting the podcast and I was surprised by the overwhelming, like, interaction just about an announcement you know like uh people are really pumped about it and it was really encouraging but um one of the guys on there uh this guy jesse i know he was he was just like what are you going to do on your podcast how does that how do i get how could i get started is it really complicated you know Mm -hmm. and then he's like it sounds like you've been thinking of this for a while and i said hey man this whole lockdown we have thought of for quite a while but this whole lockdown has given us the time Mm -hmm. to start to do some of those things. And so, yeah. yeah, it is tragic that people have suffered, died and, you know, the set tragic for people that have lost work. Um, but there are still good things that come out of us having to have kind of a reset, mm-hmm. you know, where we have to figure out a new way to spend our time. Um, and, and it kind of helps us say like, Oh, maybe I was wasting a lot of my time before. Yeah. And then we can actually work on things that maybe matter more in the long now and in the long run. Yeah. Right. I remember telling Kevin um, when he first uh, talked about a podcast, I think it was around Christmas time. And I was like, Pastor Kevin, we do not have the time. We don't have the bandwidth to be able to put out a podcast right now. But now we have now we have nothing better to do. 
So, <laughs> right, right. Now you can do podcasts every day, and people are hungry I for content that is true, like full of truth, and um, like they're looking for that identity. So I'm really excited for your dear young man. Honestly, for like our kids too. Like, I think that's gonna mm-hmm. be really good. Yeah, and young women can listen to it too. I just I have a, something in my heart that wants to see men rise up and so but it'll be it'll definitely translate to male and female because i mean every we we talk about it like every single culture has a coming like has a coming of age but in the american culture there is not Mm. there that doesn't exist so i think that's really cool yeah right which you know and, and interestingly enough even with the timeliness of that release that you have uh of that coming of age so to speak is I've been seeing with, you know, this pandemic, you know, canceling everyone's graduations, like for many people, graduation was that ceremony in the United States, at least because because we don't have that coming of age. It's like, okay, you graduated. Now you're an adult. Now you either go to work or you go to college, you know, it's kind of like. And so with that being gone, I think it's incredibly vital for what you are releasing and to get it out because they really need that opportunity to be affirmed that, you know what? it's don't wait for the world to tell you that, that, you know, you're a man, like, you know, come rise up, you know, really affirming who they are, but I'm, I'm just pumped to listen to them, man. And I can't wait to to hear what you got going out. But, um, I I really, I really am excited to hear more about what you are sharing on revival prayer and, and prayer that really brings about revival. And, uh, with that, one of the things that, that you stated on, on Sunday, I'm I'm just going to use this kind of as the jumping point, I mean, you had amazing points. I think you, I think you addressed 10 myths about prayer and I was like, yep. they, they were phenomenal. If, if you have a chance, go to our YouTube, our sunrise YouTube or sunrise Facebook and go watch this message. Uh, it's, I, I feel like it's been one of the most shared ones as of late. Um, I've been hearing people that I didn't even know that listen to our church's services saying, wow, I heard pastor John's uh, message on Sunday and it was the most powerful message I ever heard on prayer. And, uh, maybe even powerful message period, you know? And so, oh. but the, and that, that's true. It's, it's pretty exciting. I want you to be encouraged too, Pastor John, but yeah, thanks. Of course. But um, with that one, one of the statements uh, I've, I've got two main statements I'm going to kind of poke at and, and we'll let you kind of continue from there. But okay. one of them, uh, one of them was like prayer in faith always gets results. Mm. Yeah. I, be- I believe you <laughs> and said that's that. A, and that's like one that. of the myths. Yeah. <laughs> And that's one of the myths or the lies. And it sounds, it's a tricky one, right? It mm-hmm. catch you. I got you a moment. Well, mm-hmm. of course, if you pray in faith, pray in faith, you get what you ask for. <laughs> and I think um, prayer is like definitely related to faith big time all throughout scripture, praying and believing like Jesus taught that. And Jesus is our clearest picture of who God is, of course, because he got in the flesh and he shows us exactly what God is like, who God is, what he's like. And uh, so faith is a huge component of prayer and you got to pray believing. If you, if you don't pray believing, then you don't expect answers. But then on the flip side, um, prayer or faith is not the only requirement to get your prayers answered. Cause some people are like, I just really believe. And what we do, I think even as young people um, in any, any age, really, we can, we can get very emotional about our prayers. Mm -hmm. So we get so like excited and then we have these deep feelings. Like, I just know this is going to happen. I know this is going to happen. I believe it. I believe it. And then sometimes maybe we feel like we don't have an answer and we get majorly bummed out or discouraged and think prayer doesn't work 
or that God, you know, doesn't want to come through for us for some reason in that moment. But there's other things in the scriptures that teach us like, um, in the, it, in the Psalms, I don't have it in front of me, but, uh, right. It says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, or basically if I hold on to sin in my heart, God will not hear me. Mm. Um, and then, uh, so we got to deal with sin in our life and not just believe in, cause every time we're in a emergency, we can tend to like have that emotional, like, I really need God to come through. I believe, yeah. Oh yeah, he's going to come through. But like, do we believe that on the regular when we're not in a crisis? Uh, mm-hmm. And it's amazing how all sorts of people that don't like God are mad at God are, you know, doing whatever they want, living, you know, some kind of crazy lifestyle. And then all of a sudden they have a need and they cry out to God and God can use those times to get people's attention. And you don't have to be perfect to pray or mm-hmm. get your prayers answered by any means. But if you're like holding on to sin and like doing like, no, God, I'm not going to deal with this thing. Like once he's showing you that you need to deal with it, then this guy's not going to hear you if you uh mistreat your spouse you know peter said to husbands if you don't honor your wife as a uh, like a co-heir of grace um then you're going to um you know you're not going to have your prayers answered or your prayers are going to be hindered so it's pretty intense yeah um that the way you treat your spouse could be affecting your prayer life and i know that doesn't apply to people in youth group because <laughs> they share yet <laughs> but it just shows you and then in james it says hey uh, you don't you ask and you don't have because you you try to you're asking that you could spend these things on your own pleasure so if you're like mm-hmm. you know god i'll do anything for you if you just give me that girl as my girlfriend <laughs> or you give me that boys can i get that boy's number god please he's so cute like <laughs> can I have it? and and then it, it's like well god isn't answering your prayer if it's just about you becoming you know famous or rich um, and God wants to bless us and give us influence, but if we're asking it out of selfishness and it's really about, not about what God wants for us, then we can expect that no matter how much we believe it, we're not going to get it because it's going to be the wrong thing for us. And, um, so there's, um, that's not all of them, but, uh, there's things sure. like humility, but there's other areas about our heart. Our heart needs to be in the right place when we pray. Um, and we need to pray from a place that we want to pray God's will into being, not just our will, yeah. uh, into being, you know, cause God doesn't do our will or sometimes he does let our, sometimes God does say, Hey, go for it. I'm going to let you see what this is like. And if you, God lets your will happen, that's scary because then things mm-hmm. don't work out very well, um, in your own way. But when you're surrendered to God's will and then you're praying in faith that way, uh, then you can expect answers and results. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's, it's really interesting, you know, with you saying that, because even last night uh, we were having our live youth group session on via Zoom and, and the res- we opened last night up to uh, have the kids ask us questions. And, and pretty quickly, I mean, the first couple of questions were, were, you know, kind of, you know, hit or miss, like, they, like they were, they were pretty decent, you know, like, um, but then like it all of a sudden took this turn of this vein of like, why, uh, you know, do good, why do bad things happen to good people, especially even those who are praying, like, you know, we're praying right. and, and really combating this, this mindset, you know, of like, and in fact, it was the first one that you hit on Sunday of of the 10 myths is like, prayer is not doing something that, that's the myth, uh-huh. you know, and, and feeling like, cause it, it can be exhausting. And, and you and I know personally, you know, uh, 
people we've prayed for, even friends we prayed for uh, to be healed and, and they've, they've died, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you feel like I should, I should have done more. I could have done more and all this kind of stuff. And you start to feel like, was I doing enough by just praying, you know, and we were really trying to bring life and light to the young people last night in that specific vein of, is my prayer being effective? Is my prayer doing something? Am I, if, if it is doing something, then why do I see these bad things happening still, even though I pray? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a, that's a deep question <laughs> that it is. that theologians and experts have wrestled with for centuries. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that the apostle Paul says in first Corinthians 13 on the great chapter of love. He says, we prophesy in part and we know in part. So what that means is like God only shows us partial before heaven, before we get, before we're in a perfect world, before the new heavens and a new earth are created and we live with Jesus forever and ever. um, We only know in part. And so we we only have partial knowledge as to why things are the way they are. Mm -hmm. And we only have partial, even what God shows us through prophecy is only partial Um, so like, even if we pray and get answers, sometimes we get answers and sometimes we don't. And I think that's part of the struggle. This is where, again, faith comes in prayer is part of our faith walk. Uh, like the Bible says elsewhere, we walk by faith and not by sight. So we don't walk, we don't, we will not have perfect knowledge. And that's one of the hard, that's one of the challenges about following Christ in the midst of suffering or trials is we don't always have an answer, but we have to trust him anyway. Yeah. And then, um, I remember praying for, a, a close friend family became very close to me and uh, this guy, Dave, um, was, they were becoming some of our best friends and he was battling cancer. As soon as we really got to know them, he was fighting cancer, a really aggressive form of cancer. And he, he ended up dying. Um, and I remember shortly after he died and how devastating it was. And I've never seen people pray in more faith that God was going to heal him than mm-hmm. his wife and his, you know, the way that they were, approaching it i mean it looked so bad for him but they were just convinced God, he's going to be healed so i remember uh, shortly thereafter um somebody walking forward at church and asking for prayer for cancer and honestly emotionally i was just wiped out i was so devastated i was like god i don't want to mm-hmm. pray for somebody else with cancer right now i just miss dave mm-hmm. and it just hurts to think about him to think you know and, and then you wonder well why if, if i prayed for the last person and it didn't seem to work how am I going to pray for this person uh, yep. now? And so, um, but I took a step of faith and prayed for them. And I think uh, I'll never know why Dave didn't make it. And it seemed like he had so much faith and he had a young family and he, him and he and his wife just had their fourth kid while he was fighting cancer. Like she, he was in the hospital fighting cancer and his wife was in another part of the hospital giving birth to the baby, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. so he, he left four little kids behind and a wife that he loved and, it, and I'll never know why I don't think until I go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I still want to see people heal the cancer yeah. and I still believe that prayer works. Mm-hmm. And so I try not to blame myself, but at the same time, I don't blame God either. So I look at things right. as like, and I've heard it illustrated like this before by a pastor, Bill Johnson, like. Um, cause his dad had died of cancer and he, he was known, their church was known as the church that hates cancer. And they were, had so many healings from cancer yeah. and through prayer yeah. that was, in, it's uh, incredible, but his own, his own dad died. And 
he said um, he felt like the Lord had showed them that like they kept pushing against this giant or against this, you know, this giant rock, this giant boulder, and they couldn't move it. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't move for his dad. But what happened, because if you were pushing against something every day, what happens in that process is that you get stronger and stronger. Mm. Um, mm. The boulder can't grow in size, but you can. <laughs> you yeah. you can be, And there's this old story that Bill Johnson tells of a Mount Everest climber um, that um, basically like, you know, when people were trying to get to the top of Mount Everest, they were dying. Everybody was dying that was trying to summit, get to the, the peak. And uh, but basically one of these old climbers that had lost many of his friends on one of the climbs. Um, he stood in this room full of people uh, that were, I think were giving a memorial or a tribute. And uh, he spoke to Mount Everest as almost if Mount Everest was in the room with him. Hmm. And he said, hmm. you know, um, you've taken our best, you've taken their lives and on about this and the, the, dev- the discouraging, devastating things that had happened. And he said, um, but he, he said that you can't get any bigger but we can, mm. you know, and it's like, that's a very powerful statement. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know why I couldn't see Dave healed. Um, I don't want to say, Oh, well, God just didn't choose to do it or it's God's fault or sometimes God answers. And sometimes he doesn't. Um, I just want to say, well, maybe I know a little bit about faith. I know a little bit about prayer. I've been, you know, pursuing knowledge and experience in prayer for about tw- almost 20 years of like giving my life to learning about prayer but there's still a lot I don't know. And there's still a lot because my knowledge isn't like, well, the Bible says this, I believe it. I understand it with my mind. No, I want it. I need to experience it with my life. It starts with, yes, the Bible says that it's that simple. I believe it, but then it's got to go from my mind to like my experience to where I can pray through something until I actually see it happen. And I want to keep praying. I talked to my kids about that lately. Um, you got to learn how to pray through. And they're like, what pray through? Uh, well, I did pray. Well, I'm having a hard time with this or that. And, um, did you pray? Yep. Uh, did you pray through? Did you need to go be with God? And maybe it's, um, I mean, even as a young person, you can pray for it. You might not think so, but you can pray for now. Maybe it's 10 minutes would seem like forever for you to pray, but you could go pray for an hour. You could go pray day after day and you could learn how to really get into God's presence and experience him until he takes your burden of discouragement, until he heals that family member, until he helps your parents, till he helps you with that challenge in, in your school uh, or a friend that's going through, a, you know, depression and discouragement. And they're really heavy on your heart. You can go until you know that you've prayed through. And I've been reading some stories of like revivalists and people that were incredible prayer warriors that saw, you know, hundreds of thousands of people come to Jesus in their life. And that, that's what they would say. We prevailed with God. We we prayed through something. We prayed so intensely and so in sync with God's will and his spirit that like sometimes they would just know like they would pray. They'd go pray in the afternoon, maybe. And they they'd pray all the way till like two in the morning. You know, they pray like, who knows, maybe six, eight hours. Mm-hmm. They just go pray and they go. And then we knew it like, you know, a couple hours after midnight. I just knew that I had my answer. I just knew it was going to happen. Wow. And it was like so that intense prayer brought an incredible result. Yeah. And so, um, I think, um, we all have to have the humility to say, yeah, I know some things about prayer, but it's, it's, it's really until I experience it and live it, that I'm really knowing it and learning it. It's not just what I, you know, get from a lesson or if I can repeat what pastor Kevin said, or pastor John said, like, that's, that's a starting point for learning, but it's got to go into like our experience 
And then we have to deal with those disappointments and give those griefs to God and then just continue, I think, to grow and keep pressing forward forward because there are so many miracles that God has done. And it's easy to focus on the times where maybe we didn't see the answer. Um, but I'm trying to learn to focus on the times where I do see the answer um, and continue to, you know, give God glory and thanks for those so that it builds my faith and I'm able to handle the next challenging circumstance that might come my way. Right. So, so <clears throat> with that, uh, I, I love it. And, and, and for young people who, you know, I mean, and not just to solo out young people, I mean, people who maybe are not at this revelation of the need of prayer or, or in the habit or their practice of praying intensely. I remember a few years ago, pastor Herb, one of our pastors on staff encouraged me. He's like, I, I want you to try and pray 20 minutes a day in the Holy spirit, no English words, like use your heavenly language. And I was like, okay, no problem. Like, but that grew me so much, like, you know, and it was hard. It was not easy. Yeah. Like, you know, especially when you start praying the Holy ghost, like, and your brain wants to think about right. everything else. You're like, no, I'm trying to think about mm -hmm. Jesus right now. You know, it, it all of a sudden you're, you're, you're praying with your, with your, with your words, but your brain is thinking about making chocolate ice cream when you get home, you know, <laughs> it's like, I, and then it, it was, it was a development. And so, but for, for us who are still growing, and I think all of us are growing in some areas, no matter where we are um, in our prayer life, how could a young person who may be praying for, you know, they, they pray maybe once in a while before they eat their food because <laughs> of a habit their family yeah. taught them. Like, you know, how, how can we begin to take those steps in the right direction? Because, uh, I mean, Melissa, like for, you know, get, tell us what your prayer life was real quick, Melissa, when you first got saved. Like what, what, when you were starting to develop, what did that even yeah, look like? Yeah, I mean, Pastor, I was funny because Pastor John was actually one of my youth pastors when I got saved. Because hey, <laughs> I remember you on Sunday being like, I'm going back to my roots and speaking about revival prayer. And I grew up pretty nominal and not really serving, like having my family teach me anything about the church. Um, and so coming in, realizing that I could have a relationship with God, um, and that is cultivated in his presence, that's cultivated in prayer, um, was like a completely foreign concept. So it was all, it was really new and exciting to me that I was like, I could literally like go and pray and like actually interact with God, like not just like me saying words, but him speaking back to me. Um, so before I really was like, I remember when I was a kid, I used to like, I had this notebook of like prayers that I used to pray to God, but I never expected anything. Oh, that's cool. Um, that you had but, a notebook. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely like I knew that God was real and I like knew that there was some sort of power in prayer and that he could do things. Um, but I think when I gave my life to Jesus, it was really the expectation change that I'm I'm going here expecting something like I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting God to speak. I'm expecting um, to encounter his presence or to leave changed. Um, so I think that's that was the biggest change. So Pastor John, how, like, how can, how can we help, you know, a young person or how can a young person help themselves or anybody really who's trying to develop this lifestyle okay. of prayer? Uh, how would we, where's our first step? So good. I love it. Um, I think, uh, I have, my heart explodes with ideas and, and passion. So I'll try to keep it focused. Uh, <laughs> but if you're going to, 
really grow in prayer, I think number one is you have to develop the proper image of God because you only want to spend time. And this is from Mike Bickle, who teaches a lot on prayer, but you only spend time with someone that you like being around. So if you think that God is always mad at you, like God is, you know, eternally like hacked off and angry and grumpy and kind of like the mean guy down the street or the uncle that you don't like to talk to that much, but you're kind of related to um, (laughs) and you have to see him every once in a while uh, at family gatherings. If you think God is like that, you're not going to want to spend time praying with him. Secondly, you don't you're not going to do something you don't enjoy. So you've got to um, figure out ways to enjoy prayer. So if you like music, I would put on music. Um, There's this guy I've really enjoyed for prayer lately named William Augusto. He creates like on Apple Music and he's probably on Spotify too. Um, He creates like synth prayer music. It's just beautiful. It's like Mm. modern electronica synthy music that is just in the background. And I can... I like, I can pray to it, journal in it, write to it, do email. Like it just, it's very peaceful. And it just, it's like, I just like, I want to have it on all, all the time. Like there's a little soundtrack for my life. Um, and sunrise just released a healing album. It's a soaking album. So like put music on sing praise, like put on elevation worship, Bethel music, uh, Hillsong, whatever, um, if, whatever worship music you enjoy, like put that on and, mm-hmm. and be loud. I would encourage you to pray out loud to get along with God. And if you don't know how mm-hmm. to pray or you think you're bad at prayer, try to pray 10 minutes, try to pray. So I'm going to pray 10 minutes every day, but I would really encourage you to do it out loud and maybe to incorporate some journaling. And I would, I would not, you know, if you, if your mind get, you get distracted easy, I would not sit down somewhere like after you first wake up or just lay on your bed and try to do it. I mean, you can do it anywhere. I can pray for 30 seconds. Yeah. Just pray any, any time. Right. But I, if you're going to have a prayer time and really develop, the discipline and the growth of prayer, you're gonna have to spend time with it. So I would, you know, I'd get on my knees. I would pace through my bedroom. If you, if you focus better standing up and pacing back and forth, um, I would just get my whole body into it. I would sing and I would get my voice into it. I would, I would want to hear what I'm praying and I would just be very honest with God. That'd be the last thing I'll say about this, but, um, uh, I'd be very honest with God. Just pour out your heart to him and do it again. Don't think it in your mind. Say it with your, own lips so your own ears can hear your voice and start telling him how you feel tell him what you need ask him to help you learn to pray god help me to enjoy prayer help me to see you the right way help Mm -hmm. me to see that you're a loving father and that i have this amazing gift of prayer that is like i get like other religions and all these young people are getting into new age and meditation and i get to like be with the god of the universe who created heaven and earth who gave his son jesus to die for me and shed his blood for me on the cross and put his spirit inside of me so that I'm alive in God. And I have all of heaven wants to help me today. There's angels that want to help me today. God wants to help me today. And God, what could you, I, but I don't know how to pray. So would you just like, show me what to do? I'm, I'm grumpy about this. I'm, I'm discouraged mm-hmm. about being on <laughs> lockdown. My parents and I are having this disagreement. I have a friend that's in this and just, I would be honest and I'd open up the Bible and I'd, I'd pray what's in the Bible and I'd read the word and then I'd pray again. And then I'd sing a worship song and then I'd ask God for something else. And pretty soon you start developing and there's some really cool tools called like the hour that changes the world that helps you learn how to pray for an hour. It breaks an hour into 12, five minute segments, or you can go to Matthew chapter six or Luke 11 and you can look at the Lord's prayer. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, that prayer. And you can break it up like a category. You know, you could say, all right, I'm going to spend two minutes praying our father in heaven. So when I do that, I think of worship. He's my father. 
He loves me. He's good. He's kind. He's holy. Uh, hallowed be your name. I'm on honor his name. So I praise mm-hmm. his name for two minutes. And then, and, and then, but if you do it for five or 10 minutes, you know, you start adding time to each section. So then you could, and then you pray the next part, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in that part, I pray for my family. I pray for my extended family. I pray for my church. I pray for our staff sometimes or our city. I pray for our nation. I pray that God's kingdom would come into these different areas that God puts on my heart. Mm-hmm. And I pray. So I use that a lot lately when I pray. Um, and then I, I get into, um, give us today our daily bread. So I pray for my needs for myself and my family. I pray for the needs for Sunrise Christian Center. If I know someone in need, I can pray for them. Then I, uh, uh, pray, Father, forgive me for my trespasses. So I've confessed many of my own sins. I know it's hard to think that your pastor sins, but I do sometimes. <laughs> and so I have to what? go to Jesus no. and ask for his cleansing. And, um, and then, yeah. and as I forgive those who sinned against me, so then I think if there anybody I'm angry at or that hurt me or that was rude to me, uh, and then I forgive them. And then I go, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. And I ask God, is there any temptations I'm going to face? Is there anything I need to be aware of? Will you show me what's ahead today? Mm-hmm. Will you show me what you're doing um, mm-hmm. and deliver me? And I pray for deliverance for me. Today, I prayed for deliverance for all of our church staff. I prayed that part of that prayer over every name that works at sunrise today in my prayer time this morning, I just was really praying for God's deliverance Amen. that no evil would come on our staff mm-hmm. and our people that, that lead the church, you know? And, um, and then I end with worship again, because the last part is yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So I end with worship mm-hmm. and Amen. I just declare God's praise. And I do some other things in there too, but that's, I'm just trying to condense it for this format. Yeah. Um, but right. that's a big part of my prayer time now. Uh, probably even in the last two weeks, I started using the Lord's prayer again and it helped me really go deep into God's presence. And then also really give me, um, sometimes like, honestly, like an an hour won't even be enough time Mm -hmm. to get through my prayer. And sometimes I have to go two hours just to, um, to start praying for all the different things God starts showing me during that time. Um, but those are, so those are some of the things that I would say, um, that that's powerful. I mean, like, because honestly, the, the second, you know, especially when you, when you are starting this journey of prayer, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to resolve to pray for 10 minutes, you know, yeah. or something like that, you know, working towards an hour. The first thing that happens to us, it's almost like, you know, when we get up to go get something in the other room. And as soon as we get in the other room, we forgot, yeah, totally. there for, you know, it, it's like the second you say, Lord, and then all of a sudden your brain just goes blank and you can't think of anything. <laughs> Everything in my life's great. I can't think of anybody like, I mean, Lord, I guess, forgive me of sins. Maybe I committed. I, I, and then you're like, it's because the devil hates the fact that you are about to draw near to God and any distraction yep. that he can bring to you. It's like, that's the key. There is like how many times, and, and I'm sure Melissa and Pastor John, anybody that has a prayer life knows that the very second you decide that you're going to go spend some, some yeah. time in prayer, you better leave your phone away and because you will you will get text messages that are quote unquote important. You'll get phone calls, you'll get emails, you'll get so many distractions that want to pull you because the the best tool we have is yeah. prayer. And and that's why everything will rise up against yep. us to keep us from yeah. it. And I just uh think you guys do an awesome job too. And I think you guys have um pre service prayer, right? Or mm-hmm. like you have some kind of prayer meetings when you yeah. when you can gather. And I know you're doing your Zoom calls, but I think that would be the other the other really main important thing I left out um, that I want to include real quick is learn to pray by praying with people that know how to pray. 
Yeah. Not that you have to copy other people's style, but like, um, you know, I don't know when I was growing up, the karate kid was really popular and I know star Wars has had a big <laughs> resurgence again and, you know, they have the Jedi's and then, um, you know, they have the young Padawan, um, <laughs> that is like getting trained or mentored by the Jedi. And, uh, you know, uh, in karate kid, Mr. Miyagi would train Daniel son. Um, <laughs> and in prayer, like prayer is a, it's a discipline too. I mean, it's an experience of relationship, but it's a discipline. And so if you want to like get good at it and make it effective, find someone that's better than you mm-hmm. and let them teach you. And a lot of the, the learning comes from like, just being with pastor Kevin, being with Melissa, you know, come to man prayer. When we have man prayer again, mm-hmm. we do man prayer, zoom calls, uh, yep. like get, um, get around people that are praying and just listen to them and ask that God help me to learn to pray like they do again. Not that you have to copy their style or, or sound exactly like somebody else, but I think, you know, I learned to pray a lot from my dad and I learned mm-hmm. to pray with other men and they really like it, something happened to me just being in the room where they were praying, uh, where God's spirit would fill me. And I'd be like, Oh man, they're bold. I can be that bold or they're, they're honest. Like, Whoa, I didn't realize I yeah. could be that honest. And then I'm reading the Bible and looking at David's honesty in the Psalms. And so it would start clicking, you know, that example of somebody else with what I'm reading in the Bible, with my own experience It like, it all kind of melded together to help me understand how I could really pray. So I would definitely uh, connect with people as much as you can that are better than you in a sense, or just further down the road, you know, not better at (laughs) prayer, but they're further down the road. They've done it longer. Right. Um, Seasoned. Really help. Seasoned. Right. (laughs) Yeah. They, they got yep. their whiskers. Yeah, man. Well, I, I feel like honestly, the, the topic of prayer could go on forever <laughs> and, and it clearly it's a passionate yeah. one that you have, but I really want to encourage everyone again. Like if you want to know more about prayer, I mean, Pastor John, you, you <laughs> crushed it on Sunday. So I, I uh, you got to go listen. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it on YouTube or on Facebook live. It, it recorded and posted and it, it's uh, the 10 myths. uh, about prayer and i mean it was it was phenomenal so and really i think that in this time is a great opportunity because we have nothing but time uh for some of us uh to really step out i see a lot of people doing exercise they're jogging they're running they're changing some life habits uh you know make make sure to take care of your spiritual body too the temple of god uh he dwells in you and he dwells in me and and so um, let's, let's build into the, our inner man and our inner strength. And, uh, and that is through prayer. Uh, if you have time, if you have the capacity or, or the leading or direction, uh, to know how to fast, uh, you know, I encourage you prayer and fasting will transform your life and just make sure you're walking in wisdom and, and, and wise counsel while, while doing, uh, while doing fasting. And of course, you know, me and pastor John and Melissa and pastor Tara and, all of us here, as far as leaders at Sunrise go, are here to help you, guide you, lead you, strengthen you. So reach out to us as a resource. But um, I also understand the bandwidth of young people. Yeah. As you remember, Pastor John, you could always see the the, the veil, the, the glaze go over their eyes at a yeah. certain point in your message Real talk. <laughs> as a youth pastor. So, yeah, but really loved, really loved having you on and, and we'll love to have you back again. But can't wait to share. Um, to share uh your your newest podcast no, thank you so much for having too, me so. i love talking about prayer i love our young people and mm-hmm. i'm proud of you guys what you're doing what you and tara are doing as the youth pastors and melissa they're helping you out and you've got a great team of leaders and parents and young people that just really love jesus and yeah. um i just believe the greatest things are ahead for relentless youth and the young people at sunrise so amen well thank you 
Praise God. Yeah. Would you uh, would you send us out with oh, a man. powerful prayer, Pastor John? Good. I mean, we can't end a podcast about <laughs> yeah, prayer without, absolutely. without a prayer. Yeah, Father God, I All just right. thank you for the Relentless Podcast and what you're doing to touch the young people at sunrise. You're raising them up to be relentless, Lord God, to be leaders and change agents, Lord God, to make it make a difference, God, to be those that bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And I pray that you would light a fire for everybody that's listening to this, that there would be an impartation of your Holy Spirit to draw them uh, into the reality of prayer, what it means that Christ is praying for us. He's praying with us. He wants to pray through us, Lord uh, you want to pray through us, Lord Jesus. And I ask that that anointing would be on each person. I ask that you would stir us up and provoke us to pray, to learn to pray through, Lord God. Maybe to go from praying for 30 seconds to learning how to pray for 10 minutes, to mm-hmm. learn to pray from 10 minutes to 30 minutes, from 30 minutes to 60 minutes, Lord God, to be able to really know what it is to meet with you. And I pray you'd break every hindrance that would discourage us and you would bind up the wounds of any grief, Lord, where we've had times where we felt like you didn't come through in prayer that you would help us process that grief and that discouragement, Lord, and we would surrender it to you and you would just liberate us to pray again, to pray again with childlike faith, to believe that you can do anything because there's there's nothing, God, that's impossible for you and you want to do great things. So cause us to believe, cause us to depend on you, to, to just to be humble before you, to put our heart in the right place that we could see you do incredible things and that we would learn to pray prayers that get answered because that's what you want to do. You want to answer prayers so that people could see that you are real, that you love us and that your word is true, Lord. And so we thank you, God, for this opportunity today and pray that you'd be honored in our lives, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. God bless you guys. And uh, stay tuned. Follow us on Instagram so you can know when we're posting our stuff. Relentless Sunrise. That's three S's in the middle. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you, guys. God God bless. What is going on, Relentless? And everyone else joining in, I'm pretty excited to actually do a little podcast here. Pastor Tara encouraged me. Like you missed last week's podcast. It's like, I know, I know, oh man. Sometimes the weather gets so nice and things get going and you forget to plug back into your social media devices and your digital, you know, clocks and outside of looking at memes. And so I was really encouraged this morning. I appreciate you, Pastor Tara, my wife, my beautiful bride, giving me that little push to record another episode this week. So I'm just going to go solo. And in fact, I'm walking outside enjoying this beautiful weather if you haven't gotten outside i want to encourage you to step outside um really you shouldn't be just hanging in the house i really hope that you guys are getting outside and not just runs for toilet paper but about toilet paper have you heard about those murder hornets (laughs) no it's hilarious i was actually watching a video clip this morning that was from the simpsons episode right okay i don't know if you guys know this i'm not endorsing watch simpsons in fact when i grew up my dad used to have this passion that was we don't watch the simpsons in this house because bart simpson is so disrespectful to his dad and and the family unit is just so uh, disjointed and whatever and so we're like we don't watch the simpsons period i was like okay i mean all my friends watch the simpsons but okay (laughs) but then the next thing is my dad like finally realizes that the Simpsons was funny like to him. Um, and like literally I remember him putting in VHS tapes into the VHS machine that he would have uh, that plays your videos. Okay. If you don't know what a VHS tape is, it is what people used to watch movies on 
okay, back in the day. It wasn't a DVD, it wasn't, you know, Blu-ray, it wasn't, you know, I downloaded the video. It was a VHS tape, like a giant cassette tape. And if you don't know what cassette tape is, I digress. We're moving on. But with that, we had the opportunity to, uh, my dad would take the VHS tape, and because he's like a tech guy, he would wire it into the TV so he could actually record straight off of the TV. <laughs> and so he would record episodes of the Simpsons and I would have like these six hour long tapes of the Simpsons that we could watch at any time. But in this episode of the Simpsons, of course, again, this is not endorsed by the Simpsons. We would be able to, uh, in this video I was watching this morning, they, the Chinese virus as it, you know, of course we're calling it COVID-19, but there was an episode because people say that the Simpsons regularly predict the future, right? And in this episode, The Simpsons, uh, they are getting a shipment from China, okay? And there's some people boxing it up in China, and then they cough into the box, and it's like green cloud going to the box, right? And then it shows up at, at uh, Homer's house. He opens it up, and the virus uh, gets into his face, and then the virus starts taking over the town, right? And it's pretty, pretty humorous enough as it is, you know, Chinese virus, okay, la, la. That, if that was if that was it, all it was, be funny. No, it goes on more from there. The next part was, then they're all like, everyone's getting sick, and now people are rioting in the streets about this virus that's spreading person to person, yelling at the doctors, saying, we need a virus, we need an antivirus, we need a vaccine, we need medicine, and the doctors are like, oh, there is no medicine for it. You just need to have some good bed rest. And then someone freaks out, and says, maybe that box van has the has the antivirus and they tip over this box van, and guess what's in the box van? Wooden crates that break open of killer bees. <laughs> I'm not, I, I can't make this stuff up, but apparently Simpsons knows the narrative of our planet, and they're, they're ousting everybody from years before it happens. But what is so funny about that is people without mufflers go driving by. It's the benefit of getting outside. I hope you're on a walk with me. It'll feel like we're walking together. Pretty soon I'll be away from where there's cars driving around all the time. But with this concept, The Simpsons predicted the future, and people are getting a laugh about it, and people are talking a whole lot more about it. And, uh, you know, it, it's just funny. They do that with a bunch of other stuff. But in this awesome concept of seeing the future, laughing about it, I've actually been really encouraged about what has been happening what God's been doing in my life over the past couple months. And with that, I've been seeing that um, a lot of things are starting to fall into place. Now, let me explain this a little bit. Hey there. And with this, all the stuff that's been falling into place, uh, if you don't know, about six months ago, um, maybe four months ago, yeah, I think it's about four months ago, I started... Um, I started a fast, and and it's not that I haven't fasted before, but I really, um, underneath the guidance and supervision of Dr. Fred Vichy, who um, is an amazing 90-year-old uh, nutritionalist, doctor, nutrition doctor, doctor of nutrition, uh, was guiding me how to effectively, truly fast, and he's not just a nutritional doctor, he he's spirit-filled, loves the Lord, um, has gone through some 
of his own fast as well. And with that, he expressed how in his fast, uh, multiple 40-day fasts within his lifetime, one of which he had a very real encounter um, revelation, uh, an awakening, if you will, of of Jesus and, and Christ crucified and just, just really a revelation of him, who he is. And he said, change his life forever. And so with that, I, uh, I, I wanted to fast wisely because I mean, I've done a lot of fasts in my life. And if you know this, this podcast is about fasting and prophecy. So there you go. Fasting and prophecy, starting off with the Simpsons and moving on to the next step while getting outside and hearing the beautiful birds and the trees. With that, I started fasting uh, early January. And in the past, when I've done fast, I've done extended fast, 10-day, 4-day, 12-day, 30-day, 40-day fast, uh, even, which I think I made it to, I think I made it to like 38-day fast. And when I broke that fast, I broke it with Indian food um, on a date with Tara. Um, Heads up, don't break a fast with Indian food. Um, it's, it's just not going to go well. You're going to feel like you're dying. You're going to actually, actually feel like you're And you actually might die. <laughs> and that's not over-exaggeration. After talking with Dr. Fred, found out that literally I could have died by consuming that tomato-y, rich, meaty, goodness food with rice and naan and all that stuff. And in fact, if you like Indian food, I found an awesome vegan dish over at Clay Pit. It's called Thorin, you know, Oakenshield uh, Thorin. It's really good. And you got to get it with the, not the non bread, but with the uh, other bread, as for the vegan bread. Anyway, it's delicious. But with that said, I broke the fast with that and I was ended up writhing all night long. I told her, I was like, I feel like I'm dying. I feel like I need to go to the hospital. Um, she's like, you're fine. You just shouldn't have eaten Indian food when breaking the fast. And I was like, well, I did. Now I need to go to the hospital. She's like, you'll be okay. It's just heartburn. No, after talking with Dr. Fred, my wife even came back and was like, I'm really sorry. Uh, you, you, you may have been dying, but thank the Lord that he's merciful to you and merciful to her and didn't let me die. Uh, it was awful. But um, so this last time, I really felt pulled in to do a fast. And be really serious about this time. Now, in the past, like I said, when I have fasted, and probably the only saving grace outside of the mercy of Jesus Christ (laughs) that upheld me during that coming down of that fast time with the Indian food, is when you fast, when you're fasting, you need to, uh, there's different levels of fasting. There's different ways to fast. You can do a juice fast. You could say, I'm going to fast from sugar. I'm going to fast from TV, and I believe that those all have a level of benefit to them for sure, especially when it comes to breaking addictions. The Word of God says, This is the fast I've called you to, to break the chains of bondage. So, definitely, if you are addicted to your phone, if you're addicted to TV, if you're addicted to YouTube or TikTok, like I'd encourage you, if the Lord leads you, break those chains of bondage, and go on a fast. Really, even science starts to show us and model to us that when we do something for 28 days, it really creates a new habit. Now, the challenge is when we fast, we're actually just abstaining from, and and then when we go back to it, we haven't replaced that thing with a habit. 
You see, no one just stops doing bad things, all right? You have to replace your bad habits with healthy habits. And so, um, but with this said, basically, uh, in the past, when I would fast, I never really did the fast the way the Lord was leading me to. Yes, I would when I did a juice fast. Yes, I would when I would do um, any other kind of like, uh, you know, social media fast. I would do well. I wouldn't cheat. But when it came to fasting food and I'd do a food fast, I'd be like, I want, the, I want to do the fast like Jesus did, like in the desert, like like water. That's it. You know, like Jesus didn't even have water in the desert, but like I'm going to do water because uh, I need to live. OK. <laughs> and and I would sometimes I do that for, you know, a meal, two meals, and that'd be fine. But when I would do these longer 10, 20, 30 day fasts, I would always end up, and I think almost every time, except for maybe once, have coffee. I would have coffee in that. Well, why, why can you? How can you have coffee? Well, when you pour hot water through coffee grounds, it doesn't increase its caloric value. It's still zero calories. So I would consider, well, if it's zero calories, then it still counts as fasting. And I, so I'd have lemon water. I might have herbal tea. I might have black coffee. I might have. Um, diet sodas or diet beverages or things like that, LaCroix, you know, stuff, stuff that stimulates my taste buds and, and helps me kind of keep going. So I never really had what happened to me ever take place in my life during fasting that happened to me this last time that I fasted. And, and I really believe it was because, one, the, lead, the leading of the Lord, uh, pulling me into it to the mentorship that the Lord gave me through a leader, someone who was older than me, much older than me in this scenario, uh, Dr. Fred Bishy, who's 90 years old, I'm 35. So he's got a bit of a bit of a jump on me on the gun there. And he helped me learn how to do this right. He's like, you can't even, don't even lift your finger when you're making a Nutella sandwich for your kid. And you get a little bit of Nutella on your finger. Like, 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 don't even do that. You know, I was like, really? And so he taught me, he coached me, and he mentored me through this process. And I believe that as a result of the discipline and the self-control that I had to walk in for what ended up being 37 days of a water-only fast, I had an amazing, massive awakening, uh, spiritual breakthrough that I, I've never experienced in my life before. On, on the, uh, throughout the fast, a lot of things happened, but I'll kind of get to the end of the fast here. You know, on day 37, I believe it was, the last day of the fast, I broke it, I believe, on day 38. Um, and, and I really, like, in my flesh, in my mind, I was like, Lord, I'm going to fast for 40 days. I really, you know, I'm going to make it. And there was days where I wanted to quit in Pastor Tara. My wife, she she encouraged me like, you know what? Why don't you go pray for a little bit and then come back? And I come back. All right. I prayed. I feel like the Lord told me to quit. She's like, no, keep going. <laughs> you know, and so I appreciated her. And that's the one thing I would always encourage you is be in partnership with, you know, if you're fasting and you have a spouse, be in partnership. That doesn't mean that they have to fast, but as long as they're in unity with you is the big deal, right? And because oftentimes our emotions can overload our um, <clears throat> inhibitions. Is that the right word? Maybe. But we're, basically, we start making decisions based off of emotions and how we feel more than what is logic and reason and what we committed to. 
it's kind of like when we decide to work out. Well, you know, it's raining out today, so I don't want to go for a run. I'm pretty sure when you decided to go running every day, you didn't say if it's raining, unless you did. If you did, then that's great. Like keep to those, keep to those goals, keep those, uh, you know, personal goals that you set for yourself. Awesome. Not judging nobody. All right, I'm, I'm walking today and feeling bad about not getting my, uh, getting my my other runs in. So anyway, with that, I committed to it. I stayed only water on this fast, like clean water filtered water, no sparkling water. I, I didn't even do LaCroix, okay? No bubbly water, no nothing. And on day 37 of this fast, I felt in the morning like today was a day I was supposed to be done with the fast. And I was like, okay, man, um, Lord, I, I'm almost there. I'm almost at 40 days. I really I really think I can do this. And, and I was like, Lord, but Lord, if you're leading me, I'm just going to tell you right now, day 37 of the fast for me, there was such radical clarity, such radical um, communication, and 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 you know that wasn't even verbal. It was just a knowing and a sensing and a feeling, and a and like everything that I couldn't look, I couldn't read the Word of God without crying. I couldn't listen to music, uh, especially those old hymns and worship songs, without literally just crying. Like it, it, it was amazing, and with that. On day 37, I felt the Lord say, it's time. Your, 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 your fast is complete. And I was like, okay, God, I really have been here before. I told Tara that. I thought that it was, but she helped me push through some of what I was thinking. So I'm just not sure if I'm just thinking this because I don't want to go another three days or what. So moving forward, I was like, Lord, please give me some confirmation. This is key. I need, I need everyone listening to, to not tune out, but tune back in here. This is key. When the Lord leads you to do something, when the Lord guides you to do something, you have to biblically surrender and submit yourself and what you believe you're hearing from God underneath the authority of those you've given influence on, uh, allowed to have influence on your life, for God's purpose. I don't mean your bad friends and ugly friends and all that stuff. I mean the people that you have submitted underneath their authority. I'm talking about parents, talking about pastors, I'm talking about leaders and mentors that you have said, Lord, I, I'm, I'm trusting these people to lead me to the next level because the Holy Spirit will speak to them. I'm going to give you an example. Moses. Everyone say Moses. Moses. Right? Moses, who... Everyone who has ever gone to church for any period of time knows about the burning bush experience. When Moses fled Egypt because he killed an Israelite uh, and was being accused, and he killed an, not sorry, not killed an Israelite, killed an Egyptian, forgive me, killed an Egyptian for harassing his Israelite brothers, um, he then, <coughs> excuse me, then someone called him out. Oh, you're a murderer, blah, blah, blah. And he said, uh, no, whatever. And he freaked out and he ran and he disappeared for a long time in the desert before he wandered in the desert with all of Israel. And so he was hiding out there, walking his sheep, and he saw a bush on fire. What I love about this is it wasn't anything unusual to him. The only reason why he even went over to look at this bush on fire was because he said it was a bush that was burning and not consumed. That means the bush was not turning it into twigs and sticks. It was a bush, full, lush, green, beautiful, blossoming bush that was 
on fire, but was not being burnt. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Like how amazing. When we're called to be on fire for God, that doesn't mean he wants to consume our fuel. He wants to add beauty and authority and power to the beauty uh, beauty that we are. He doesn't want us to burn out. When we're running for God, we're not designed to burn out. We're designed to be burning ones, yet not consumed. So with that, he looks at this bush, he sees it on fire, he goes over to it, and there it is speaking to him. The, the voice of the Lord came from this beautiful display of a living, vibrant, blossom-filled, green, beautiful bush. Not twigs, not sticks. And it was covered in fire, and the Lord spoke to Moses through this bush. Anybody that's been at church for any period of time, and they maybe they've gone to a camp, a youth camp or church camp, and like, Lord, I'll believe you, if, or, or I'll take that next step, or I'll, I'll, I'll stop being friends with these friends that are really pulling me down. Like, but Lord, I need, I need to have like a burning bush experience. You know, like that's kind of the, the colloquial, uh, colloquial uh, term that I used growing up a lot with my friends and heard other people using. It was like, oh man, you got, you got to have that burning bush experience, like when God really speaks to you. Like, but here, Moses has what everyone looks to as the experience, right? God himself speaking to us through a burning bush. And with that, afterwards, he gets up from there, having received direction from God, telling him, I'm going to use you to deliver my people from Israel from the hand of the Pharaoh, and you will deliver my people and you will bring them into the promised land. Now, he hears the word of God, walks away from this spectacular that everyone will talk about for all generations to come. He leaves that, and then we all forget the next step. He goes to his father-in-law, Jethro, his wife's dad, whom, she married, whom he married out to the wilderness there, and he has submitted himself underneath his authority. And he goes to him and says, this is what I believe I'm supposed to do. And asks for his blessing, asks for his insight, asks for his basically permission to do what God just revealed to him. Now, many of us in this time, we fast forward. We're like, okay, God told me to do something. I'm going to go do it. Okay. Some of that stuff is, is small, simple stuff, but really, and that's okay. Like God doesn't have to tell you to brush your teeth verified by two pastors at a deacon. Okay. <laughs> like that's not what I'm talking about. But what I am saying is that we have to, when it comes to these life changing, life altering decisions, if we believe that God says, do this, and it's going to change the path of our life. It's not only going to impact our life, but the lives of others. We need to humble ourselves, not act haughty and proud and say, okay, pastor so-and-so, youth leader this, mom, dad this, I feel like God is telling me this. And I trust that God knows that I am yielded underneath your leadership in my life that I honor and respect you. And I trust that if God used a bush that was burning to speak to me, that he just maybe 
would give a hint of confirmation through someone that I look to for leadership and advice in my life. And oftentimes, if we're hearing from God clearly, great, we'll go talk to him and you'll be encouraged and you'll be able to move forward and you'll do great. The hard part is when we communicate these things and then those we trust say, you know, I really don't think you're hearing from God. I think that might've been emotional. (sighs) Well, you know what? You know what, dad? (laughs) Uh, You know what, mom? You know what, pastor? Billy Bob? Like I, I, you know, I've trusted you my entire life leading me into uh, all righteousness and relationship with God. But today uh, you're wrong. So I guess I got to move forward. I don't know what you sinned, but you know, it really is arrogant in some ways. And, And don't get me wrong. Leadership and our parents are not perfect, but God can even use a donkey, okay, to speak the voice of God. So whoever you're submitted to underneath their rulership and authority, God can and will use them to encourage you, okay? Moving forward, hearing the voice of God, hearing the voice of God. So I felt on day 37 that it was time to be done with the fast. My, my fast was over. I said, Lord, I need you to encourage me. I need you to confirm this for me somehow, please. And, and within an hour, Dr. Fred called me. Now, taken taken consideration, Dr. Fred Bishy had called me a couple other times throughout the fast. What was interesting was on the first day, like the first day of my fast, he called me and he said, you know, Kevin, I was really thinking and praying. I just really felt like, like you'd really benefit greatly from, from doing like, a, like an extended fast. And I was like, Dr. Fred, that's so encouraging. Thank you for affirming to me that, that you are truly a mentor and a leader in my life during this next step. Because I'm, I'm like in day one or day two of that fast that you, you just affirmed that what I heard from God is what I'm supposed to be doing. Thank you. So throughout the fast, occasionally Dr. Fred would say, you know what, like, I don't know, you probably could stop. You could probably be done fasting, but, but if you want to keep going, you can, but like, it's, it, I'll leave it up to you. But on day 37, I got a phone call after I woke up feeling like the fast should be done. And Dr. Fred said, you know what, Kevin, I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe today is the day you kind of stop. Maybe it's today's the last day. And I said, okay. You know what? I think you're right, Dr. Fred. Will you help me on the, taking the next steps? Tomorrow, I will break the fast. In fact, it was a Wednesday, and I said that I was going to break, break the fast the next day, but I was actually, in my mind, I said, I need to have communion with my kids, with, my, with, with all of my kids, not just my, my children, but my youth, all my students. And interestingly enough, we had that service where we broke bread in a way that people have never experienced before explained what the what the matzah meant and all that other stuff and it really impacted their lives in a big way a lot of kids were really moved by the spirit of god it also marked a really sweet next couple of services of youth group moving forward talking about the dry bones coming back to life i had some artwork done by a friend who wrote uh did up this artwork that literally is almost exactly the same picture that the new song that came out a couple weeks ago a month ago of dry bones 
right? From what, what is that Bethel or Hillsong something? You know, uh, Dry Bones Come Alive, Come Alive. It's crazy. I sent the artwork back to her when they released that album artwork. I'm like, this is literally the picture you drew. When you are connected with God, when you are in communion with God, when you have walked in self-discipline and self-control, and you removed that veil of, of appeasing yourself, making yourself feel better by sin, distractions, uh, memes, entertainment, all this stuff, it's hard to really truly he- hear and feel what God is saying. But in this time, God was setting us up for what was going to be taking place even now today. And it's been very humbling for me, honestly, and, and hard for me to think through and process through and communicate with, with you listening, whoever's listening, that even though I feel like in some regards over the past month, two months, since we can't gather together as a church, we can't uh, do things the way we used to do things and all that, that, that it, it, it's so hard to say it without sounding arrogant. So just if you think I'm arrogant, good. Go for it. I, I I don't really care. But I really feel like in all of this, I've truly had my finger on the heartbeat of God. Though I didn't know exactly how it was going to pan out, I know that it's exactly what God has designed for this time. Did I say God designed COVID? No, I didn't say that. Did I say that God designed the pandemic and all the chaos? No, I didn't say that. I said in that, God's design is greater, and he prepared the hearts of your leaders, of your pastors. I'm a pastor. I'm a leader to be ready for a season like this without knowing all the details. And it's okay to trust God, make a plan, and then when details arise, adjust that plan. Just like Moses going out into the wilderness. He went out into the wilderness, right, to do his thing, and things changed. They ended up walking around the wilderness for another 40 years. Plans changed. His plan was to take them on a, I think it was like a four or, or six day, could be a little bit longer, journey through from where it would have taken them from the Red Sea to the promised land. Super short. Awesome. We're going to make it happen. And it turned into 40 years. He never got to go in, but he adapted. He listened to the word of God. He changed with the season as new information arose and he humbled himself Assuming that I don't know everything, <laughs> I wish, I, in fact, uh, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resolve to not know everything because God, you are, you are seated on the throne. And so I'll trust you and you're leading and guiding every day. And so when I was fasting on day 37 of this fast, I had a massive, massive revelation where I literally couldn't go minutes without weeping, sobbing, heaving at the just understanding of Jesus Christ, him crucified for us, what he paid for through his sacrifice, hanging there on the cross. It, it, all of a sudden, even though I've been a Christian and I'm a pastor for crying out loud, <laughs> whatever that means, it became so much more real to me than I ever had even began to comprehend. And he gave me downloads, not in that moment, but progressively, of who he is, of what he's doing. I got inspired at that time. The Lord 
uh, just kind of led me saying like, we really need to cancel the Honduras missions trip. I don't know why. This is this this was before China's virus started coming around. Okay, I, I felt and this was in the middle of the fast. Like we have to cancel the the Honduras mission trip, and and, and I don't know why. I, I want to have other reasons and excuses of why I need to do it, because it's really hard at that time for me to say I just have a check in my spirit, and that's good enough. And get and I have the trust and the and, and the buy-in from leadership. So I brought that check to them. They gave the thumbs up. It's it's hard sometimes to really trust that voice in your heart so much that you're that you're willing to say, I don't have a reason other than this is what I feel. Now submit that to your governing rulership, your your the authorities over your life, your pastors, your parents, etc. <clears throat> you don't have to submit it to ten thousand people, just submit to the ones that matter, right? The most important ones, not just I didn't say the ones that will give you the answer you want. I said, submit it to the ones that will, that you're under authority, okay? We all guilty of that. I'm going to go down that road. I'll go tell this person because they typically tend to walk in the ministry of grace and and uh, and, and they'll probably understand. No, talk with people that will tell you no too. They got it. And so I said, okay, man, I'm going to stop the mission trip. And I started thinking, I want to do a missions Everett. I really want to impact the city of Everett this year. I've been wanting to for years. I really feel like the Lord is leading us to really impact our city, to transform our city, and and just around the city of Everett, around our around our church building. Like, what if we did a two mile radius or a one mile radius, and just impacted that city as best we can, and did a lot of ministry from the parking lot. Like we we did we in our brand new parking lot we got, we could set up some outside worship out there. We could um, have people come in. Maybe we could feed them. We could pray for them. We could pray all night. We could, if we could gather together and, and we keep it outside the doors of the church. How interesting. This was the thoughts that the Lord was downloading into my heart and mind prior to us not being able to have church inside the door of sunrise. Not being able to gather together. You see, God speaks to us so subtly, but because we get in the way and think we understand how it's going to work, and we have to understand the how so badly, instead of just simply saying, okay, we're going to walk, we're going to do, we'll plan, and if the plans change, that's okay. We just got to get out of the way sometimes, and we got to listen to that still, small voice, and, and it's okay to make a plan. That's great. It's okay to administrate, but what's not okay is to say that what I'm administrating is wiser and better than what I think God might administrate later on. And when he brings about the clarity of what's going on, you argue with them. So now with that said, we're going to be gathering together, sunrise as a family, um, not to break the rules of our of our ministering leaders, but we're also but we're going to be gathering in a type of drive-through gathering on Wednesday nights. Hey there, how's it going? Beautiful outside. <laughs> Benefit of walking outside, you can smile at people, and it's not Costco, so they don't have to wear a mask. I love it. So, but with that, the benefit is now God was preparing my heart to spend even our Wednesday night youth group outside in the parking lot worshiping doing different things and right now pastor john has communicated moving forward as a result of covid and the laws that we have now 
about gathering what we can do and cannot do that through the entire summer we'll be having wednesday night gatherings in the new parking lot possibly with some live worship if possible possibly with uh you know drive-through prayer groups and and different things like that but it's definitely gonna be prayer focused revival focused ready signs up on the streets pointing to walmart pointing to the streets telling everybody i'm on my way right you know tell everyone i'm on my way uh, but all pointing our community our family yes the church and we'll be the ministers for sure but calling in our community to receive from the lord to hear from the lord to be blessed to get, receive prayer in this in these uncertain times as it's called i believe that god speaks to our leaders i believe that god speaks to you i believe that god is empowering us to be the leaders in this great awakening i believe that in this time there has been a lot of fasting and prayer has gone into it i'm not just saying that of myself there has been a move of prayer there has been a massive move of fasting and prayer over the past probably six months a big move all across our our city our people the churches and now we're going to be having a massive prayer meeting every week gathering together in our cars keeping social distancing laws so we can keep it upright but guess what the holy spirit can move he can fall he can blow through it doesn't matter if someone's in their car or not someone was saying we'll have a uh, some other church was doing like a drive through fire tunnel okay i don't know if you know what a fire tunnel is but basically in, in uh more more of the pentecostal side of things you know um not that it's wrong or anything but like we really believe and know that that god moves through uh power and fire and authority and sometimes people you know fall down in the spirit sometimes people start weeping and wailing sometimes people start laughing and and, and we call it fall down or go out or whatever and we have catchers uh that catch those people so they don't hurt themselves falling and oftentimes when people genuinely fall underneath the power of the holy spirit they don't really get hurt anyways so with that <laughs> someone was saying they're having drive through fire tunnels i was like all right so uh what do we use then forklifts like like how do we catch cars of people <laughs> who all of a sudden go out underneath the holy ghost and their car starts going into the next car and, and into the and off the into the road i, I kind of i jest you know it was a joke but, um, but in all reality um really having this drive-through ability to pray for people and the spirit of god will move he will flow and god's not dumb he's not gonna knock somebody out and power the holy ghost while their cars and driving they got two kids in the back seat and there's a whole bunch of people you know uh that are directing traffic and get run over like that that god's not god's not dumb okay <laughs> you've heard our god's not dead i'm telling you our god's not dumb all right amen coin that phrase that's mine so with that i'm excited because god is going to do something new and i believe it's going to be such a great awakening to our nation and to the world this virus shook the world but i believe that those who press into prayer press into fasting and press into action are going to shake the world even more so i believe with all my heart and mind and have probably most of my life and even more strongly over the past several years that this generation my generation 
the kids I'm ministering to, this generation, my children, are going to be the greatest generation. They are going to usher in not only a great awakening, if you know what a great awakening is, it's when times in history that have been marked called great awakenings where the church or the world and sinners and, and, and saved people wake up from their stupor and their slumber and become the church God called them to be. And it's marked by signs, wonders, salvations, lives transformed. I'm not talking about just like a healing revival. I'm talking about people who generationally give their lives to God and remain saved their entire lives and release salvation to their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren as a result of the genuine awakening within their mind and their heart that happened by the power of God through people who prayed. And now we're gathering together in prayer, in fasting, in action to see our world transformed. And I believe that we will see this become the greatest awakening. Maybe some other generation has taken the phrase, the greatest generation. That's fine. They can have it. I really don't like it because it's every. Sorry, my phone cut out there for a second, but I believe that we truly are on the precipice of the greatest awakening. And this generation is going to be the ones who usher in not only this greatest awakening, but the great return of our King. So I encourage you, please, I encourage you, fix your eyes on Jesus. Quit wasting time on social media. Make a plan. And as the plan pans out, God will give you insight on how it will change, how it will ebb and flow, how it might look different. And be okay with that. Talk to your leaders. Trust them. Don't don't turn back on them just because you can't see them face-to-face outside of a Zoom call right now. Reach out to your pastors. Talk with your parents. Grow in your relationship with God. Allow this to be a preparation time for you for what's to come, for what's next, for what's now. I love you guys. Seek God first. If you want to pray and fast, do it. Walk in wisdom. Ask me. Ask somebody. Hey, I really feel like God wants me to fast like Jesus did. All right, I want to fast biblically. All right, reach out to me. I'll help you. I love you guys. That's all I got for this episode. Hope to see you again soon. Shalom.